Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Hunt for Wellness podcast with Matt Ryburn, 4188. It's another great day for wellness, and this is Bones bringing the packs of F3 Nation the latest strategies and tips to accelerate their king and optimize their queen. Health is a journey and requires you to take a proactive approach on a daily basis. Knowing exactly what to do and how to do it will help you achieve it faster. Each week, we are going to be interviewing the leading health and wellness experts, sharing inspiring stories from the packs, and diving into the latest research to help you optimize your health. So get ready as we embark on your hunt for wellness. Well, welcome back to another edition of the Hunt for Wellness podcast. This is Dr. Tunis Hunt, otherwise known as Bones in the Gloom. Pax, super excited to be back on the airways with you this week. Super excited about our guest and really kind of diving into this high impact man. Uh, As you guys are aware of, I get the privilege and the honor of talking to lots of high impact people across this country. And uh, this week's guest is no exception. Uh, I've actually had the privilege of meeting him in person person. And as you'll discover in our conversation, uh, he used to be a lot more proximate to me, uh, although we weren't uh, part of the same group at the time, but uh, he's came back and visited and shared a cafeteria with him or two. And of course, I am talking about my friend and the nation's friend, Matt Ryburn, otherwise known as 88 in the gloom. Welcome to the show, my brother. Hey, thanks for having me, Bones. Really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And as I said in that opening, you and I have had 
some brief opportunities to see each other here in the Fort Mill, Lake Wiley, Charlotte Metro region. And that's because uh, you used to dwell in this part of the world, correct? I did. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I, uh, we moved to town on a very important date in F3 history. We moved to town in uh, Charlotte 1-1-2011 and uh, spent six and a half years of our life there. Uh, we no longer live there. We live in outside Sacramento, California now, but uh, we get back as much as we can and love to visit. And I post as much as I can when I'm downrange uh, in whatever I used to call home. Yeah. Now, were you part of F3 here in the Fort Charlotte metro region when you were here, or were you just mainly there in Sacramento? Uh, only uh, not in in Charlotte. Um, I, I heard about it. I mean, F3 was kind of just growing. I mean, obviously, it was, with when I was living there, uh, Dread and OBT had just planted the first shovel flag at AG, and I actually lived not far from there. Um, but I didn't, uh, I didn't know anybody. Kind of a funny story. My my M used to uh, work in the same office as Mighty Mighty Owlbait. Uh, oh, wow. So I've known him since 2011. And uh, for those of you who don't know, he's a F3 Redwood original at the first workout. And uh, uh, but never, never did it there, was aware of it. Uh, but we were YMCA people uh, when we lived in Charlotte. And uh, for those who know, are familiar with the Charlotte metro area, the YMCA is a big, big deal there uh, for families and, 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 and individuals as well. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because uh, we had some friends, and it's been many years now. They they moved down from New York City and previous to that uh, somewhere out in Chicago and uh, Georgetown, Washington, you know, area. And uh, when they moved to Charlotte, they were just surprised about how nice the YMCA's are here and like how exclusive they are. It's not your typical YMCA, you know, midtown dump type of scenario these are like state-of-the-art facilities here in charlotte absolutely they the ymca is on their game there and they do good things um and um i did that at 5 30 in the morning before work i'd go take the classes and uh you know obviously there was a piece missing for me that i discovered you know down the down the road but um was never specifically eh'd when i lived in the area so never went until we moved back to california yeah, so why don't you kind of give us that origin story? You know, obviously you moved back to California. What year was that? And then how did you finally get out into the gloom? And certainly why the name 88? Absolutely. Um, I have a unique uh, EH story uh, just because I did live in Charlotte and never did it there. Um, so in 2017, we decided to, as a family, my wife and I, to move back uh, to our home state of California and uh, just to be closer to family. Um, we had two young kids at the time. They're now eight and five, or excuse me, eight and six. And, you know, we wanted them to be closer to grandparents, uh, closer to cousins, and 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 not be a, a plane ride away, just to be more of a car ride away. And so we decided to go ahead and, and do that. So we moved back to Northern California, and we were living in the San Francisco Bay Area, kind of right near Stanford University. And I was uh, going, we were going through some culture shock as far as uh, I'm a realtor by trade. And so, so I had to get relicensed here in California and go through all my schooling again uh, for licensure. And so I was uh, doing that and staying home and doing a lot with the kids. But I was noticing that, of course, as a lot of guys story, you know, you're starting to uh, find simple tasks uh, not a challenge, but just, you're kind of huffing and puffing a little bit more than you should have. Um, and so I, I thought to myself, golly, I, I don't, 
I don't know anybody in town. Um, we moved to an area that I'd never, we, neither of us grew up in. I'm from Los Angeles area originally. And so we didn't know anybody. Um, um, we knew people at my, my, my wife's work, but um, and we didn't really have any friends around town. So I thought, you know what, I've heard of F3. I know what it is. I know the uh, kind of what its purpose is. I'm just going to check out the website and see if there's F3 in California. There's no way it's in California. So I go uh, check out the website. And in 2017, um, there was one AO in the state of California, and it was 15 minutes from my house on a Saturday oh, wow. morning. But wow, I have to go. So I just showed up uh, on my own and and jumped in with the uh, what what is the San Francisco Peninsula region. Um, they met at a high school, still do, and uh, jumped right in. And that was July 1st, uh, 2017. So um, they they my name 88 came because I did grow up in Los Angeles. Um, I, I was born into a, a, a Dodgers fan family. Um, and my, my, my parents have had season or my family, excuse me, has had like season seats since the stadium opened, starting with my grandparents and now my parents and sister, but, uh, they were asking me lines of questions, you know, the typical hobbies, things you're into, and it got to sports. And I said, well, I'm an LA sports fan, predominantly Dodgers and Lakers. Um, that's who I follow. And they said, well, which one, you know, uh, do you, do you follow more? And I, I mentioned I'm more of a baseball fan. And so 88 it is it's after 1988 which in 2017 uh was the last time that the Dodgers had won the World Series and the San Francisco Giants fans who were in the circle of trust that day just wanted to remind me that it had, it had been <laughs> almost 30 years uh since the Dodgers and Kirk Gibson had won the uh, World Series so it's after 1988 I'm not a piano player 88 keys or anything like that uh my first car wasn't a 1988 fill in the blank car. Uh, it's after the Los Angeles Dodgers. Got it. Well, that's an interesting name and in true to F3 form, you know, guys, they, they if they can put in some kind of ribbing with the name, uh, n the name calling or the, the nickname naming, uh, they will. So I can see a, a Giants fan reminding you uh, as a Dodgers fan at the time that that last uh, World Series victory that you could have had. So makes perfect sense, man. Now you're not in that same region anymore, correct? I mean, you're, are you, or are you? No, we, um, we, we chose to move uh, about a year after uh, coming back to California. Um, we just decided that um, kind of culture, culturally for us, we wanted to um, get out of the San Francisco metro area and move uh, about two hours east and north a little bit. Uh, so if you're uh, familiar with California geography, you've got San Francisco on the coast. And then if you go to the other side of the state, a little bit north, you got Lake Tahoe and Reno. Sacramento is right in the middle. And so we moved just northeast of Sacramento uh, into the Roseville. We specifically moved to a town called Rockland. And uh, it took about six months after we moved and planted a flag uh, in, in Rockland. And we called it F3 Rockland. Um, and so I was the launch Nantan um there and that was an area that had zero f3 um it was a new concept to people so it was just a matter of getting um kind of family life up and running in the area and then starting to meet people um and and building you know building a region out that way with some great support from the guys uh, in the bay area 
That's awesome. So how long was the F3 San Francisco guys up and running before you joined that AO for the first time? That's a good question. I want to say they were uh, probably a year and a half to two years in. I'll probably get okay. some text messages if that's wrong uh, <laughs> after this podcast is released. But I want to say it was around two years. Um, I know that F3 Monterey had just recently launched, which is, uh, again, down towards like Pebble Beach uh, in the Monterey Peninsula. They had just launched. Um, so they've been around long enough where you know they had they had done a concentric growth um with a with a mustard seed going there um but uh they so they were fairly established uh, they would probably get we were averaging probably uh oh, i don't know 12 to 17 guys on a saturday uh, and and then like i said my family and i decided to move and and that group's still still going and they've expanded which has been fun to see um and 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 we support them and they support us as as much as we can that's awesome. Now, was somebody that the person that planted the flag there in San Francisco was it a somebody that had been familiar with F three and moved to that area and planted it, or was it somebody just randomly in the California area learned about F three and planted it that way? I don't know the history. Sure. No, that's a that's a very good question. So F three's kind of had a uh, kind of a an evolution, if you will, of launch strategies. Uh, and I'm sure you remember from, yeah. from when you started going to F3 is they would do what they would call a leap launch, where they would kind of target a big metropolitan area. They'd gather names um, of people who maybe knew FNGs who lived in, in that particular city, and then they'd go and they'd do a, a launch. And so that's kind of what happened. So um, a guy out of Charlotte, Girardi, I don't know if you know him, uh, his know. brother... Um, so, uh, Girardi's brother, uh, Matt Martell, and then, um, Joe, uh, Martell or Martella, excuse me. They, uh, his brother, Joe lived in the San Francisco area that are from California. So, um, hammer is who it was, was the, the launch Nantan there. So they targeted the San Francisco area. It just so happened that Girardi's brother hammer lived out there and was able to, you know, take the take the baton after the launch and, and run with it so that's kind of how that region um, was born yeah that's awesome and then obviously you went up to sacramento and planted that flag we had another guy here from our region homebrew go out to san diego and plant um so i know that california is growing how many um different regions are there in california right now Right now, we are pushing probably a dozen up to 15. Um, I don't have the number off the top of my head. I probably should as the sector queue. But um, there are six regions in the Sacramento area. There are now, I can say now, uh, four regions in San Diego. We just had one uh, launch about a, maybe a month ago down in what, we, what we're calling South San Diego. Um, it's just the most southern one down there right now. Um, we've got the Bay Area. We've got um, Monterey still rocking and rolling. And so, uh, there's a surprisingly, uh, you know, um, amount of regions in California now, which is really fun to see, especially since when I started in F3 in 2017, there was one AO, uh, right. in the whole state. Yeah, no, that's, that, that's the power of, of, you know, the, the, the word of mouth and guys just catching fire on this thing. You know, you alluded to sector Q. And uh, I know that that's a position that you have right now. So help us understand a little bit about 
what a sector queue does if somebody doesn't know what that is and how's that playing a role in, in your F3 leadership? Sure. So a, a little, almost two years ago, um, the the nation was getting to the point where the SLT in Charlotte and 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 wherever those guys were, we were going to cover a couple of satellite uh, national SLT guys. It was just becoming more of a of a challenge to be be proximate and be connected um, because the the number of regions was well over 150, approaching 200, whatever it was at the time, and and you just lose connection and you lose. Um, uh, just kind of not not influence um, because the nation, while it does influence, it's really just there to keep culture right, uh, not not there to tell you what to do. And so they wanted to get a um, a group of guys who were more proximate to the local regions. And so we sector queues were created um, as a as a, a a group of guys who were able to keep in better contact with the regional Nantans, um, you know, the local. Um, leaders, local lead of the of the individual regions, and just kind of um, not tell them what to do. We're here to coordinate with uh, with them amongst different regions. So we host a monthly Nantan sector call. Um, we're there to connect with them and really cheerlead them on. And and you know they're out there doing the hard work. It can be a lonely place. Um, while you may have your shield lock, you may have. Some your guys in your region, you know, you're you're really pushing the pushing the flag forward uh, for your region, and and you may be wondering, well, how do I do this? I've never done this before. I, how do we uh, tackle this uh, situation in our region? And and so myself and the other sector queues across the country, we're there to be a shoulder, uh, be an ear, be in a sounding board. Hey, how do we? We've got this going on. How do we approach this? And we maybe connect them with another region that's doing some great things, whether it's second F, third F, or even in first F. And so um, really it's just a, an opportunity for guys to, uh, and at the Nantan uh, role within the region to connect um, nationally and know that they're not doing this alone and they can swap ideas to help F3 in general, you know, become better, more efficient and, um, and grow. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, it's it's neat how the leadership has adopted or, or pivoted and grown and 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 really kind of finding these solutions as this thing we love called F3 expands and, and just offering that support. Now, you're the West Sector Q, correct? Correct, correct. So the West Sector, the way they've divided the country up was really based on regional density um, around the geographic areas. So the West sector, um, we are vast in land, but yes. we are light comparatively to uh, in region density. So the West okay. sector, if you were to draw a line uh, to the Canadian border, and then I believe down to the Gulf from on the Eastern uh, edge of Colorado, and then take that uh, all the way out to the Pacific Ocean. Um, that's the West sector. Um, and I very proudly will claim Hawaii and Alaska once we get there. But uh, it's big in landmass, um, but relatively spread out in in where our regions are. For as an opposite example, North and South Carolina, uh, that sector um, has over 70 regions in it. Um, the West sector, as I described it, we're around 36, 37 right now. Got it. Yeah, uh, I was able to 
to access a map of the F3 sectors. And currently on this one, obviously things change all the time. It said 35 regions out there in the West. And yeah, just looking at the map, it's funny. It's this huge half of America essentially is what you're in charge of. And to your point, you go to the Carolinas and there's twice as many AOs in, in, in two little states, uh, which is, uh, you know, I often have to remind myself about that because I was fortunate to, to, to learn about F3 and live here in the Metro Fort Mill area. And it was already a well-oiled machine when I joined and I never really experienced that whole shovel planting and getting a region up and moving and, you know, kind of seeing the groundwork that's necessary to get a region going. I just kind of jumped into a well-oiled machine. And of course there's other problems on the back end of, of, of regions that's been around for a while. Right. I mean, you have to reinvent yourself and you have to kind of keep guys engaged and you have to, you know, fight the burnout and some of those other things that, you know, newer regions don't have to fight for because guys are super excited and, and, and the word is spreading. So, yeah, but uh, hopefully um, you'll have to um, consolidate your regions as we continue to grow. And we'll have to obviously add more sector queues, I'm sure, in the future uh, to keep those numbers uh, manageable for you. But uh, anyway, now, do you get a chance at all to go to some of those other regions in your sector? Um, is, is that part of your opportunity at all? It is. Um, it's not a major part. A lot of it is done over phone call, text message. And and I, and I get, I actually feel good feedback kind of from them when I call and they, they tend to be excited to hear from, you know, somebody at the nation, even though I'm just a PAX out in Sacramento. <laughs> um, but I, I, I have had the chance to uh, take a, 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 like a dedicated F3 um, trip um, I recently, just this past September, uh, took a trip out and visited with some of our regions. Um, I, I tried to pick a cluster. So I, I was able to fly to Denver and hit um, the Denver, kind of the Denver area, and then jump up into Wyoming and visit a couple of those regions, spend time with the the Nantan, but also post with the with the packs um, and, and jump into a workout. I led a couple workouts. Um, I also travel. My wife and I enjoy traveling uh, around the States. So um, we, whenever I travel, um, especially you know, living out here in the West, you, you know, and where family is for for myself and my wife, we we travel. And so whenever whenever we're out of town, I, I try to jump in and, and visit um, as much as I can, um, just to you know sh show my face and and meet these guys in person because it's great to well it's great to speak with them over the phone uh, digitally. It's even better to meet in person when you can. Absolutely. There's nothing better than posting downrange. And, and like I said, had the chance to see you here personally in, in our region. And just, it brings a different level of energy when you know there's a guy visiting your region or your AO from a different place. It's just, it's so much fun to kind of allow that uh, camaraderie to happen uh, when guys are out there doing that. So Pax, if you're out there and you're considering visiting a downrange AO, let 88i and I uh, encourage you to do that. Just show up, you'll love it, they'll love it, and it'll be a great opportunity to kind of expand your own F3 experience because as you know, regions are different and, uh, and, and AOs are different and, and, and cues are different and you pick up different cultural exercises and, and the way they handle things that, that can be fun to take back to your own 
AOs and own region. Absolutely. Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's do this, ABL. Let's kind of pivot a little bit and talk about you personally as it regards health and wellness. Obviously, um, you mentioned being part of the YMCA when you were living here on the East Coast, went to San Francisco area, you know, fell off the wagon, if you will, from an exercise standpoint, just because of the uh, the things that you had going on, but then rediscovered F3. So walk us through maybe some of your fitness journey over time here. Growing up, uh, were you into big sports? Did you play a lot of sports? Did you do a lot of things from a health and wellness standpoint as a teenager, college kid, that kind of stuff? I did. I grew up uh, playing a lot of field sports, which is, you know, soccer, baseball, um, those are the primary ones as a, as a, as a child, um, growing up, you, you know, city youth sports and then high school picked up, um, volleyball is big uh, on the West coast, um, in, in schools. Um, you know, sometimes I talk with people and they're like, you played, you know, volleyball on your school team. I'm like, yeah, I did. <laughs> it's a thing in California. We got beaches. Um, and it's really cool, um, to look back on that time. Um, and then when I went to college, um, I, I, was on the football team. I went to a small NAIA school here in California. Um, I was the place kicker on the football team for that, uh, that, that time of my life for five years. And obviously was my fitness was, was very high, uh, during those times because you're working out for, you know, an athletic purpose. Um, and, and whether that was in college was really more, a lot of weight room, um, uh, activities, um, and, and keeping my, my cardio up, um, you know, my, my position on a football field was a little different than the rest where I don't didn't necessarily need bulk, but I did need good fitness. Um, and then af- after college, you know, you uh, being an athlete, my, my kind of my whole upbringing and through, through college, uh, you know, I wanted to stay, find ways to stay fit. Um, and so, um, I would run on occasion, but it was, you know, um, streaky at best. Um, I'd go for several months and and build up and then, you know, life happens, right. Um, getting into a career and, um, you know, just different various things. And you kind of, like you said, fall off the wagon a little bit. And then you're like, Oh, I need to get going again. So you start doing it again. Um, I did run, I've run two marathons. Um, one of them was really a goal of mine. Um, because in 2003, I broke my femur. And so as part of my own mental uh, goal of recovery for that was, I want to make, you know, I want to kind of show myself I can not have this as a, uh, as a crutch the rest of my life to as an excuse to not do hard things for myself is that I'm going to go run a marathon after breaking my femur and, and, you know, kind of call myself healed from that, if you will. Um, But then uh, like I said, you know, you, you, life, life gets on you and, uh, and, and, and brought me to my, my, my point of needing to get back into F3 and, or not back into it, but finding F3 and realizing I needed to get, get going again for my own self. So yeah, yeah grew up super athletic, you know, athletics was a big part of my life and, um, and, and, and missed it at a post post-college, but I'm trying to find those ways to stay active and, and do it by myself was, was challenging. Yeah. how did you break the femur? Oh, that was a, uh, a, a car accident. Um, okay. fell, fell asleep while driving while trying to do the right thing. Um, trying to be a, a DD for a buddy. 
um, driving home from Las Vegas uh, on an overnight trip. So I just oh, fell wow. asleep at the wheel and landed myself in the hospital for almost two weeks and broke, broke my femur. Golly. Well, thank God you survived that. I'm assuming your buddy did okay as well. Uh, he, he, he came out pretty rough from it, um, as well. Um, but, uh, we're, we're both, you know, doing okay now. I haven't spoken to him actually since the accident, but, uh, okay. Uh, but, but I do know that he's, you know, gone on with life and family and things like that. Gotcha. And then how, how long was your longest field goal, uh, successful attempt? Uh, longest successful attempt in college was, uh, 48 yards. Oh, wow. That's pretty good, man. So, Hey, you know, it was a good time. Yeah, I bet. That's awesome. Uh, no aspirations to go past college, huh? Or did you? No, no. I, I, I try to be pretty honest about my, uh, my ability level. And, uh, that was not a, not a, not a realistic opportunity for me. Got it. All right. Well, so you mentioned getting into F3 in the, uh, San Francisco area. And if I heard you correct, it sounded like it was, was it an Saturday, uh, workout only, or were they working out throughout the week as well? In 2017, it was only Saturdays. Uh, they, they did kind of have an off the books Tuesday. Uh, but in, if you know the geography and the traffic patterns in San Francisco and many other major cities in the, in the U S it can be a challenge, uh, on weekdays. So I think I hit that, uh, that Tuesday AO maybe twice, uh, in the, uh, almost year that I lived there. And, uh, but I was just a Saturday poster. Gotcha. So what did you, did you, if anything, were you doing anything else throughout the week uh, or were you just doing the Saturday morning exercise for your own personal fitness? Uh, at that time I was just doing the Saturday morning only. Um, I don't recommend that to guys. Uh, when I, when I talk to FNGs now, I tell them you got to get into a, you know, more than one day a week routine. That way you don't, you know, get yourself sore after a Saturday workout and you're sore till Thursday, you're feeling good yeah. on Friday enough to, to go to on Saturday and then you do it all over again. It's a, it's a bad cycle to get into. Yeah. Now, when you were part of the uh, YMCA uh, here in Charlotte, did you lift weights? Did you just do cardio? What was, what was your go-to Zumba classes, that kind of stuff? <laughs> yeah, I'd go to uh, the group exercise classes a lot. Um, I would dabble in the weight room, but um, I- I'm not looking to get bulky uh, for myself. I'm not, I'm no bodybuilder. Um, and, uh, so I would do a lot of the group, group fitness stuff, fitness type things. Um, I, I do enjoy feeling, you know, my heart rate up elevated, um, through cardio. So things of things of that nature are really, um, enticing for me as far as fitness goes. Got it. Now, obviously you planted the flag there in Sacramento. I'm assuming you guys have more than a Saturday workout at this stage. How many workouts does your region offer on a weekly basis now? Well, we, yeah, we started uh, our first year as a Saturday only uh, region um, as we were growing. And now we're six days a week. Um, F3 gold rush, I believe has 29 AOs and that's individual workouts um, weekly. Um, we, we've kind of ebbed and flowed because recently in the past year and a half, uh, gold rush has starfish launched, uh, several new regions now. So we would grow, grow, grow. And then for example, uh, there's an area a little bit North of us, 
that has now become the F3 Rubicon region, all those AOs in that kind of geographic area, which there was a kind of a, a natural divide, if you will, um, they were launched with that new region so they could launch six days a week. So, you know, Gold Rush could go up to 40 AOs and then, you know, a new region launches and it drops back down. So we're, uh, we're about, I would say five AOs, um, offered a day, six days or six days a week, um, here in, in Gold Rush. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. That's, that's great. Sounds like you have an option for anything. Now, does all the AOs offer a different flair of exercise? I mean, obviously there's the classic boot camp. Some other popular ones are gear workouts or ruck workouts and certainly running workouts. Do you guys have that variety or do you all just do like more of a boot camp? There is the variety, which is, which is great. Uh, we've got um, the majority of them are, are the classic F3 boot camp style. Um, we do have a, um, a couple of running AOs that are running only. And I like the joke that my hands should never hit the ground at a running AO. Um, but, uh, and then we do have one in gold rush. We have a ruck, uh, PT AO that's on Mondays. We call it the forge and I, I love hitting that one. It just gives me something different. Um, and, and I, I enjoy that the variety, um, I'm hit and miss on whether I, I, I will, I will go to the running ones because obviously at a boot camp you can get, you know, two to three miles in sometimes based on the queue. And so I, I do sprinkle it in, but, but we do offer, um, all of, all of those. Got it. And so on a classic week for you, a typical week, how many days are you posting? And it sounds like you do a variety, maybe just kind of clarify kind of what you do with that variety. Sure. I am typically a four to five day a week guy. Um, obviously that, uh, varies based on family, uh, responsibilities. Um, you know, if my wife has to travel, uh, obviously I'm home with the kids and unable to post, um, typically, um, I- I'm a guy who likes to get out and around the region. Some, um, I'll even post in the neighboring, uh, regions. Um, you know, I'll s- maybe see somebody on the queue sheet, on the queue calendar and, and, and I want to go, I want to go hit that workout, but typically, um, I'll hit the, the ruck PT, uh, on Mondays. That's kind of my typical spot. And then, um, you know, what day do I, you know, not go during the week? It, it, it varies. You know, usually it's midweek Tuesday through Thursday, but, um, I'll typically try to, if I'm going to hit the run, I'll hit that on Friday. That's kind of my, uh, my go-to run day if, if there is a, a, a schedule to myself, but uh, I do like to get out and around the region some and hit different, different AOs, um, just to, you know, whether it's, um, the venue, because we do have one that's more in a city center, kind of a town square type feel. So there's a little more, you know, a little more concrete, but a little more, we use a parking deck. Um, so there's some elevation you can gain there. Um, we do have natural Hills around our area, but it's stairs or something different, you know, uh, rather than just a big open park. So sometimes I'll, it's just a matter of mixing it up to keep it interesting for myself. Yeah. And I think that's important. If you have the opportunity for variety, it's definitely neat to, to, to switch around and see different people. I mean, we, I understand that there's some regions that are just so new that you have to your point, that single AO on a Saturday, and that's all you have uh, to, to hit on a consistent basis. But regions like yourself and certainly where we are, um, you have a lot more variety and I'm kind of pigeon uh, and and you're familiar with it uh, where I live, uh, two regions, you know, the Lake Wiley region 
was the starfish off of the Fort region. And it's, I'll, I'll switch kind of back and forth just to go to different AOs with different guys. And you get to it and it just adds variety and it, 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 it's fun to do that because it keeps it interesting out there in the gloom. Do you have any specific fitness goals that you try to hit um, or, or, or trying to hit? I mean, you know, on a, if you're kind of looking at your own fitness and, and goals, do you feel like you are where you want to be? Do you have any specific goals that you're trying to, to work on? I don't have, um, I wouldn't say hard and fast goals. Um, I did, uh, I'm not a guy who steps on a scale a lot. I know some people will weigh themselves every day. Um, I'm, I'm just not that guy. Um, I can kind of do that based on how my, how my belt fits. Um, and so, you know, right now, do I feel like I could lose, you know, 15 pounds probably, um, probably running a little heavy, but, uh, uh, nothing in particular that's that's on the on the goal sheet for me. Um, po- just being consistent is the is the big one. Um, when when I'm able to post, go. <laughs> that's the that's the big thing. And it's not a matter of, um, uh, you know, my my wife has been in a heavy work travel season, so I want to make sure that when you know when she's not traveling, I'm a, and I'm able to post, I'm there. That's that's a that's probably the the biggest not goal, but just really a, a mindset is just, I'm, I'm, I'm going, it's going to happen. Yeah. No, I think dread has said it in the past about, you know, you, you, you don't plan for days off. You just go because days off will happen just a, as a result of life. And, Absolutely. and so if you're, you're purposely taking days off and then life happens, then you find yourself really not going out there and posting. So certainly the mindset of when I can, I'm there regardless, uh, is a good one to have. That, that's great. Now, do you guys uh, sponsor any specific type of CSOPs in your region or, or what are some of the things that you've been part of as far as the CSOP goes? We have had uh, three, I would say, official CSOPs. Um, we, we, the first one uh, we had two years ago, we called it Hellhole. Um, it was named after a, a reservoir um, not far from us and that had broken years and years and years ago. And, and so they named it that. And, and that was a fantastic event. It was our first, I would say, official CSOP, and it was a 10-mile ordeal. Um, they revisited that this year, two years later, which I thought was kind of neat. Uh, it's up in a state park, uh, so it's got trails and rivers and all kinds of uh, just fun, natural, um, you know, places that you can mix up and use. And, and so that was really neat. Um, and then we, they did another one that was, I, I was unable to go to it. Um, it was, it was a seesaw, but it, it used, involved some like building of things and you had to earn some materials to build a, they were like building bridges and uh, a lot of coordination from the guys who, who built it. So, and I, I don't know what they, I forget what they named it. Um, but though the hellhole would probably be the, the recurring one, um, that I would say right now is on an every other year track. Um, but we've only had two of them, so we'll see what happens, uh, two years from now. Yeah. I hear you. Now you've done, you've done some GTEs as well, correct? I have. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm on the trainer team, um, as well, uh, for that. So for those who may not know, um, GTE is the grow rec training exercise, um, it's F3's kind of premier leadership training event. There happens to be one going on um, this weekend, which is probably will have passed by the time this is posted um, and guys are listening to it. But uh, it's, an, uh, it's a weekend long um, event. Uh, Start with the Friday night and then a lot of the physical stuff is on Saturday and then into Sunday. 
Um, I've done two, well, I've done, completed one of them locally here. We hosted GTE 25, the Grizzly, uh, November, a year ago, 21. And, and that was a fantastic and very challenging and an awesome event um, to host. And so I, I, one, I highly recommend uh, regions work on getting one in your, in your area um, and, and, and challenge yourself and the guys around you and the regions around you to, to really dive into those. Um, and I, I was able uh, to go to the one to 29 in Puget Sound. Um, I was unable to participate. I had a, a kind of a, a tendony uh, elbow bug uh, that was going on. And I just didn't want to be a liability, you know, to my platoon uh, or to myself uh, and injure it further. Um, and so I, I was there. I ran social media that night, but I was also one of the trainers uh, for that event as well. And, uh, so I, but I anticipate being at, uh, a couple of events this year, uh, in 23 coming up. Um, I'm not sure which ones exactly I'm hoping to be at, um, uh, at a couple, uh, in the West sector. Those have not been announced yet, but, uh, there will be, uh, a, a great menu of options for guys. Yeah. Now, were you already part of the rucking culture prior to the GTE or was that kind of your first experience to that? No, that was our first uh, dive in when uh, Gobbler, the the nation's weasel shaker, he approached me in twenty November ish of twenty twenty and 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 said, "Hey, would you guys be interested in hosting a, a grow ruck?" I said, "Sure." He said, "How's your rucking culture?" And I said, "Non-existent." Um, like we literally had zero zero idea. I, I knew what it was. Um, and maybe a guy or other guy or two did, but we, we had nothing, no zero gear. Like my ruck at the time, if you will, was my, you know, old backpack I had laying around from college, uh, that I would use for random, you know, trips here and there. But, uh, so we, we took a year, a solid year to grow, uh, the rucking culture here. I did a you know, nice, nice long post on, on the, our comms about it. And said, all right, guys, here's what it is. Here's a couple links to the various, you know, um, places you can buy gear. And um, I think we we got, I think, permission for a link to show the um, kind of the, the documentary from the uh, Pinecrest uh, GTE. And the guys dove in. And and so, you know, as, as we're, we're as mature a rucking region as I think there are across the country. Um, some just have more, uh, more time into it, but we've, we, we've got guys who are hard into it. Um, and, and they love it and I, I enjoy it. Um, I, I need to get out and do it more, but I need to be, I want to get up training, um, this year, obviously, so I can, you know, be as strong as I can for those GTEs that I'll be at. Yeah. Because the unique thing about the trainer position at the GTEs is you get on the log with all the other guys. It's not the cadre uh, position where you're in charge of the logistics and so forth, but uh, you're a participant just like everybody else. So absolutely, yeah, yeah, uh, and it could be as simple as you throw that rucksack on, just you know, walking the dog around the block or mowing the lawn or some of the other things that you do just to kind of get acclimated to to having the weight on your back. Um, you know, that's at least what I've done in the past to to get my body geared up for for the extended weight on your shoulders and, and log and so forth. Obviously we've talked about some of the King building stuff that you've done, the workouts and so forth. 
Let's talk about your queen a little bit. Um, or do you prescribe a certain style of eating, a certain diet? Um, what, what seems to work for you as far as uh, that goes? I wouldn't say I have a hard and fast uh, diet. I'm, I'm not, um, you know, I'm not a vegetarian. I'm not keto or anything like that. I'm fortunate enough to, you know, I'm not have any dietary restrictions um, really. You know, some people maybe are lactose. I think I have a small lactose intolerance. Um, so I, while I do love me a good bowl of ice cream or an ice cream cone, um, I have to pick and choose my spots. Um, but I, I think my, my, my general uh, rule of thumb is, you know, everything in moderation, um, you know, and, and enjoy the, and enjoy the, the fun things to eat in life. I mean, those are precious times to be able to go grab ice cream with my kids or, you know, make those brownies at home for a Friday night movie. Um, but at the same time, we're not going to do that, you know, twice in a week. Or I, I, I definitely, we don't, we try not to keep, you know, I grew up in a family where you'd have, you know, ice cream in the freezer was a staple and that's not a bad thing. It's just, I needed to learn as an adult <laughs> that I just don't need that. Um, and so we don't typically keep things like that in the house. I mean, sure. We'll have, uh, things in, in the pantry for the kids for snacks or whatnot. And that's, that's fun and all good. But for myself, I, I just try to, you know, I love meats. Um, I, I'm, I love vegetables, um, green ones, especially. And, uh, and, and so that's, that's what I go for is just making sure I've got good protein, good vegetable. Um, but I'm not looking, I'm not counting, you know, you're not, not documenting anything or thing or, or stuff like that. Yeah. So it's kind of a, a loose uh, approach. It sounds like, I mean, you have a concept of, uh, of some guardrails, but nothing specific as far as uh, macros or certainly calories or even restrictions when it comes to what you're, willing to eat or want to eat. It sounds Cor like, and it's as as working uh, for you, man. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. It's working. And, and, you know, one, I would say jester on the queen side of the world that I have is I'm a snacker. Um, I, I, I tend to just enjoy just a little, uh, a little, little bit of to, to nibble on something, um, kind of throughout the day, which is, which, which it can be a problem, uh, you know, which might be why I'm running, you know, a little bit heavier than I want to right now. Um, and so that's something that, you know, I, I can always improve on and, 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 and I, again, it's streaky, but I have seasons where, where I'm doing okay on it. And then other times it's, it's like, okay, what, what's going on here? I need to, I need to write the ship if you will. Yeah. It can be easy to kind of slip into those, uh, poor eating habits. And a lot of times we eat out of convenience and boredom and, uh, the fact that, uh, you know, it's there versus because we're actually really hungry. And uh, especially with those that quote unquote snack all the time, it's, it's usually one of a couple things. One is you're, you're really dehydrated and you just need to drink more water or B it's to the point you, that we've already just mentioned that it's, it's just convenient. So the, the, the strategy around that is not make it convenient or, or put it, you know, put it, put it at a different place. And then C obviously is just go and with intentionality and say, okay, these are my meals for today and I'm not going to eat that. But this time of year is tough, especially, and, and it's not, I'm assuming you work from home. I work a lot or, from home. I'm in, I'm in real estate. So yeah. uh, I'm, I'm in and out of the office. Um, we, my, we joke, my wife and I work together uh, on our, on our team. And we, we joke that um, 
you know, I'm in the office about three days a week, um, but I do a lot from home and, and kind of out and about. So uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a challenge when uh, if I'm home and I'm walking past the pantry and I have sure. a little, a little grumble, uh, you know, got to keep walking or, or grab yeah. something. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was going to say, get, get the hydration going and, and it can help. And those that do work in an office this time of year can be challenging too, because everyone's bringing in the holiday treats and Absolutely. all that kind of stuff. And, and I'm a fan of, you know, enjoying moments, but at the same time, I, I, I think we have a responsibility to our health and, and uh, putting some guardrails in place can be a good thing. Now, do you use any type of vitamins, supplements, anything like that? Or um... I don't, um, I, I don't. Okay. <laughs> it's, a short, it's a short answer. Uh, there's not much, <laughs> sorry to not have anything to elaborate there. I just don't. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. Is that because it's a conscious decision that you just don't want to take them or you just haven't put enough time or thought into what it might or may not do for you? The latter for sure. Okay. I just, uh, you know, uh, things are going well. And I don't know if that's because uh, I'm, I've been lucky, blessed, uh, you know, I'm, and uh, I'm a relatively healthy person come from a relatively healthy family with family history of that. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 41 now. And, you know, those things are definitely in the back of my mind as far as making need, you know, wanting to make sure I'm monitoring and making changes, but it's nothing that, uh, is really pressing at the moment. Yeah. And there's no right or wrong answer to that. I mean, just, I think some people use vitamins as a crutch and they overkill it and, and they try to overcome poor diets and, and lifestyle with, you know, taking a simple pill and, Unfortunately, that, uh, you know, the whole vitamin industry, though, isn't as regulated or as truthful from a labeling standpoint as I think we are, are led to believe or want to believe. And so a lot of times people are just taking things that really aren't giving them the benefit that they think they're getting. And then on the other end, they're using that as a crutch to continually do something poor for their health. And there's a time and place for everything. You know, when I work with clients, if, if we do testing that indicates there might be some value to adding a nutrient into their diet or into their regime for a period of time, you know, we'll, we'll discuss that. But yeah, my rule of thumb too, is a supplement is just that it's just a supplement to a good diet and a good lifestyle. And it shouldn't be the health promoting thing of your life. It just can be a, an addition to it. So yeah. The, and, and as you get older, you may realize that your body needs a little bit of something else and, and, and you can sprinkle that in, you know, as you feel, um, you know, uh, needed, if you will. Absolutely. Let's, Absolutely. Not against about, those things. They're great. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's, it's a supplement, not a replacement. That's exactly right. Let's talk about sleep, man. Uh, how many hours a night are you getting? What's the typical bedtime for you? Uh, typical bedtime for me is, uh, shooting between 10 and 10 30. Uh, okay. that's, that's average. And my alarm, uh, goes off between four thirty and four, you know, four thirty, four forty. I've got a couple AOs that are I could practically roll out of bed and get to, so I'll, I'll scratch that extra five minutes of sleep. But that's that's pretty average for me um, on a day uh, where I'm not posting um, because of certain things. You know, my, my body is now, as I'm sure most of your listeners are, you, your body clock shifts and you start naturally start stirring you know, pretty early. And so sleeping in for me is, you know, six, six 30, um, which, which I, I 
feel I've gotten that extra sleep at that time because my, my bedtime is pretty consistent. Um, I don't, I don't occasionally you'll, I'll see 11 o'clock, but that's, that's not a ton. And I'll basically see midnight or later on a, on a grow ruck. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm the same way. I, I'm a pretty consistent bedtime person. And to your point, even mornings where I've given myself the opportunity to quote unquote sleep in, I can still noticeably feel somewhat awake around my normal 4 a.m. Right. clock going off. I, now I may choose to roll over and continue to try to sleep, but I can also tell that if I did get up right now, I'd probably be fine uh, just because your body gets so used to it. So yeah, you're, you're similar to myself. Now, what time does your AOs typically launch on a morning? All of the weekday gold rush AOs are 515 okay. um, step offs. And um, as with every region out there, we just kind of figured out that that worked best for our local packs, um, especially on the back end um, and getting home for work and family commitments in the morning. Um, we have um, a, a two six or we have a six o'clock AO on Saturday and a seven o'clock AO on Saturday. Um, and so those options are available. And, you know, on Saturdays, I'll usually hit the seven unless we've got kids sports. Uh, my kids are young, so we've got that, those earlier start times. And so uh, on those Saturdays during baseball and soccer season for my shorties, I'll hit that 6 a.m. Uh, workout. Yeah. Yeah. And that's typical where we are too, a 515-ish. I think the Lake Wiley guys do like a 5 a.m. Uh, on on more mornings than not. and. Uh, you know, to your point, you got to kind of find what works for your region. And I think they even offer a handful of evening AOs just for those guys that have that morning conflict for whatever reason that just doesn't allow them to consistently come out and post. So do you guys have any evening AOs? Uh, Gold Rush does not, but our neighboring region, uh, F3 Terracotta, they have a Tuesday evening. Um, I've, I've posted at it once and uh, it was this past summer. I about died. Uh, and I, and because of the heat, it was, we we were running through a, a stretch of like three weeks at like 110 plus, and it was hot at 8 PM. <laughs> wow. That's uh, they do, and they call it the kiln. So it was pretty, pretty perfect, but uh, we do have one and, uh, they get steady numbers at it. Yeah. Gotcha. So do you have any crazy daily habits that you do, um, that maybe your M thinks you're crazy for doing, uh, anything sticks out in your mind that you're just like, I do this, but man, it's kind of out there. You mean other than getting up at four 30 in the morning? Yeah. Well, and that could be it. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's, that's probably, probably a very common answer for most people. That's probably it is, uh, is, is my, my hour of getting up. Uh, my, my M is a sleeper, um, more so than I am. And, um, she's more of a, a, more of a night owl than I am. Um, but you know, she understands and is very supportive of what F3's, um, duh, role is in my life. Um, and, and my psyche and my, and my fitness and, you know, really the camaraderie that we all talk about and know about. Um, she knows that's important to me. I'm more of an extrovert, uh, type of person. And, uh, while I enjoy my, my home and quiet time, I, I, I do enjoy getting out and, uh, seeing, seeing the guys and having that opportunity to spend time with them. Um, you know, not on a day, obviously not on a daily basis, but throughout the week, uh, at the times that I'm able to post. Got it. Now you mentioned a couple of times not being able to post all the time because your wife travels uh, in, uh, periodically or whatever. 
on those days, do you find, I mean, do you try to do something at home kind of workout or you just use it as a rest day? Uh, typically it's a rest day. I will try to occasionally, you know, add the extra walk in with the kids, um, after I get them from school, um, you know, Hey, let's, let's, you know, you dangle the idea of taking a walk with, with the dog. Uh, they love that. And I'll usually throw my ruck on, uh, when I do that, but, uh, there's, there's not a ton of opportunity to, to get something in, um, out when she's out of town or, or I'm unable to post cause I've got, you know, make sure the kids are are supervised, if you will. They're not, not quite old enough to be at home by themselves. No, I get it. I get it. We all go through those stages of life. I'm at, I'm in that stage now. I got a couple teenagers, so my flexibility is much bigger, even if they're home or whatever. Um, you know, I don't have to, it's not a obstacle or challenge for me anymore to kind of get out and, and, and do things. Uh, but at one point it was, and, and you got to just know to adapt and, and roll with the punches. Well, brother, man, I can keep talking forever with you, but uh, we're kind of coming up on time. I do have a couple final questions for you, though, uh, before we close it out. And the first one is this. You've already kind of shared some of your health tips and some of the things that you're doing personally. But if you were to share three health tips to get a, a sad clown or packs motivated to get out there on their own hunt for wellness, what would those three tips be? One would be to be consistent or as consistent as you can be. Um, you know, if it's, I've, I've talked about how, you know, before I started F3, it was, you know, I, I was streaky, uh, in my fitness, in my, in my running and keeping my, my cardio up. It's just being consistent. Um, I noticed the changes, um, and how I feel, um, even in the gloom or post recovery, uh, time when I'm consistent. Uh, the second would be to, um, be decisive in your decision to go. Um, that, that kind of plays into consistency, but if you're waffling, um, on your mind, you know, and chewing on it, should I go, should I not just go make the choice that if you're around and available, you're going to go. Um, and for some people that involves putting a hard commit on your local comms, um, locally here in gold rush and the surrounding regions, that's kind of the culture. Uh, it's a, it's a, you, you know, the night before the day, during the day, You'll see things come across and guys will start hard committing um, for, for the next night. And that's that's encouraging to me, um, but it's also uh, a, a source of accountability. But if you make that decision and and, and be decisive about it, 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 to me, it helps personally, but uh, and it could also help somebody else. Um, and then. Oh, boy, I thought about two, but uh, I guess the, the third um Third thing I would say is to not, you know, not give up on it if you fall off. Um, I, I see, I see guys who maybe haven't been in the gloom in a while, and they come back out, and you know, I can see how that could be a hard thing because maybe I, I, I see, you know, as being the the longest, <laughs> the original packs here in Sacramento. I'll see guys around town, and maybe they they haven't come to F three in four five, eight months, year. And of course, what's the conversation quickly go to? Oh, how, how's, you know, F3, I, I need to, you know, I need to get back out there. And, 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 and there's, you know, I don't think guys should feel ashamed if they haven't come in six months plus, like, don't be ashamed to come back out. You know, we're, we all go through seasons and it's important to know that you'll be welcomed with open arms back in the gloom. I, I love it when a guy, you know, comes up 
and 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 you see them in a we're, we're big on taking pictures and putting them on in the back blast so if i see a guy in pictures and i haven't seen him out in a while i i, I love seeing that especially if he's not at the ao i po- i'm posting at that morning so it's just that you know don't be don't be ashamed to get back out there you haven't you know you're not lost because you've stopped coming to f3 come on back and that that there's not no shame in that yeah that's a great point and you know i've been part of f3 long enough and I mentioned earlier being part of a region that's been around for a decade itself. Uh, you're going to have those guys, and it's always refreshing to see them come back out. And, um, you know, if they're willing to stick their neck out uh, in, in a text or on the Slack channel or even on Twitter, you know, they'll get rubbed a little bit and ribbed a little bit about getting back out there. And, um, you know, it's all, all in good fun because it is a brotherhood. It is about having fun and and accounting. And it's really – it's it, it's about us caring about that Absolutely. guy and we know the value that f3 can provide for them they're a lot you know if, if they allow it so good good point and if you're somebody listening to this and and you haven't posted in a while let this be the catalyst hopefully just to show back up and and get back out there or if you know a guy down the street that hasn't done it in a while um use this opportunity to to reach out to them and get them back out uh, because it is important and um, you can only get better if if you put in the work and you get out there and do it. So great tips, man. So I do have one final question, but before I ask it, I do just want to take a few moments here and acknowledge you and say, thank you uh, for a being on the show today uh, for what you're doing for F3 uh, nationally. Certainly I know the guys in Sacramento appreciate you taking that flag and planting it that first day and, and growing that region to something that's just crazy big now with all those starfish uh, regions. So kudos to you, man. Uh, appreciate all that you're doing uh, across the board, being a trainer, being the sector queue, all that kind of stuff. If a man wanted to reach out to you and, and contact you, what would be some of the best ways for them to do that? Sure. I am. Uh, first of all, I'm, I'm going to, uh, channel my inner dread and just say honored. Um, it's, uh, I, I tell guys, you know, I'm happy that it just happened to be me who moved here, who jumped into F3 in the right spot at the right time. And then I just moved and, and I just took that step and just, just honored that, um, it just, again, just happened to be me and the guys bought into what F3 is and I didn't create it. I just was the next guy to, to put the, the flag in the ground. Um, but I can be uh, contacted. I'm pretty active on the nation's Slack. Um, you can find me. Uh, make sure you put the little apostrophe before 88. Um, that, that tends to trip people up because it is after a year. And then I'm also, um, I'm on Twitter and I don't have my Twitter thing handle memorized. So I'm going to pull it up while we're talking here. Um, I'm on Twitter. It's at 88 underscore F3. Um, I'm pretty responsive on there as well. So those will be probably the the best avenues to get a hold of me. Awesome. All right, brother. So my last question is this. What is your definition of wellness? My definition of wellness is the, uh, you know, I'm going to kind of tag on to a, a Q source uh, piece here is just kind of the, the pursuit of getting right. You're, you're never, you're never going to reach wellness and where you're done it's it's always a pursuit and a journey so enjoy the journey thanks for listening to the hunt for wellness podcast 
please rate and review our show and be sure to share it with your F3 brothers. As always, we are looking for inspiring stories to share and health experts to interview. So if that's you, please reach out to me at bones at huntforwellness.com, on the nation Slack at Bones, or Twitter at HFW Podcast. And until next time, this has been Bones guiding the packs of F3 Nation on their hunt for wellness. <laughs>